You are listening to Boku No Stop, where every time Chris's kid interrupts the show, our PCs combine into the sickest gaming rig imaginable. I'm your host, Fletcher, and with me is... Chris. And Matt. And everyone clearly loves this show. Let's talk about (laughs) Ideon. It's fine. I have some minor beasts with it, but... It does does get a little... uh, stretched stretched is probably the word i want what i'll say is we're just like one percent under my tolerance limit for super shit right now oh my dude you are early though you are absolutely going to hate how god modey this robot is okay great i mean it starts off pretty god mode remember how much of an ass kicker a powered up unit 01 was in end of ava when it did some actual combat no did it do combat i forget i don't i don't remember doing combat in yeah it basically flew into the sky annihilated anything it looked at and then turned into god i mean mm. sure but i mean most it didn't even that's like a technicality the, uh, other avas that's like a technicality. That's like calling. Well, I was about to say that's like calling Jesus God mode when the fucking rapture happens. Not like he did it, but you know. I'm just <laughs> saying we're going to get to that point, and half of the time it's going to be because somebody sat on the wrong button. You like my cool monophysite heresy, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> uh... I'm sorry, Byzantium. I didn't mean to do this to you. <laughs> So you're telling me the buff clan, like, all of their guys are going to just start stabbing themselves in the chest while moaning with spears? Hell yeah. Uh, yeah. Not far off from... You'll <laughs> I, see. I do like that's an entire race of people with bull guts. Well, they That's got just what people hair. look like on Earth now, don't you know? It was the style at the time. <laughs> so... We're going to give two little bits of background on Ideon before we start talking about the show. One is about its creator, Yoshiyuki Tomino, one of the weirdest motherfuckers in anime, but alarmingly prolific. <laughs> to- oh, I wanna- what? I'm going to have to tell you this joke I made yesterday, because my wife was not the person to laugh at it. Uh, but we watched okay. the last season of Orange is the New Black, and I- at the end I was just like, Jesus, it's like fucking Tomino wrote this. <laughs> <laughs> that that bad, huh? Well, no, it's because like seventy percent of the cast dies at the end. Well, yeah, I know that. <laughs> Just I did not know how that ends. I did not get through first season of that. So, oh, the first spoilers, first I guess. Oh, fuck off, Matt. I hadn't seen any of it. This so. just in. It, anything that happens is designed to make like a white NPR lady listener just gush. I mean, yeah, that checks out. Like, ice is in it just so they can say, ice is bad, did you know? Uh My dude, I guarantee if that character was, like, if the character as portrayed in that show was real, not the lady who wrote the original book, there would be a fucking episode of Serial about her. Mm. You're right. You're right. Yeah, you're cringing because you know I'm right. Show show by journos for journos no that was house of cards season one anyway (laughs) yeah yeah i would i would go with that uh 
to most people, Tomino is always going to be the Gundam guy, but he's regularly publishing novels in a world he created called the Bison Wells Saga. What? He's done a myriad of standalone series like Zabungle, Dunbine, Brainpowered, and obviously Ideon. Are and you having a writes... stroke? What? Nothing. The series of names you sounded I'm like, are you having a stroke right now? <laughs> it's even weirder if we start going into some of the ones I skipped, like Wings of Reen or <laughs> Gundam Reconquista in G, which is misspelled Spanish. Yeah, it's Boy. it's a whole thing. Tamino is a very weird dude. Don White's can um, do cultural appropriation, I guess. To be fair, that series mm. bombed so hard, it's amazing. Uh, halfway through, the next episode previews are begging you to watch, even if you don't like it. But did it promise fan service? No, it promised something will happen, please. <laughs> See, they did it wrong. They did it wrong. Is that the weirdo one for teens? That's the weirdo one for teens. That's okay. the last thing he wrote that uh, got animated, yeah. Until this movie, when the Hathaway's Flash film comes out. Mobile Suit Gundam wasn't his first project. He was animating things for a decade prior and had two series under his belt by that point. But it's the first people will ever bring up about the guy. It suffered pretty crappy ratings, got cut short... And then a funny thing happened. The toy sales went through the roof, and a few years later, the first of what would become a Gundam trend, compilation films that basically sum up large chunks of the series so you don't have to watch 20 episodes, would lead to it finding an audience and getting a sequel. Which bums me out, very... because 79 is pretty good, minus a very rough start. It is, yeah. Um... I think if you want to view it in the best possible version, you should invest in the Mobile Suit Gundam The Origin manga, which is beautiful, smooths over some of the weird plot inconsistencies, and brings it into line with like the modern UC canon as a whole. Is that better to do instead of watching the show? Yes. Okay. It's it's night and day. It's gorgeous, my dude. I think the show looks okay. nice, but mostly because I like very old anime. The show is not bad, although it has some real rough spots, including that infamous episode that he will never allow to be released in the U.S. But um, the the manga is just so good. It's by the designer of the mechs in the series, and all the artwork is gorgeous. Cool, okay. Yeah, my only experience with Gundam is I watched Oath MS Team recently, and I... I watched a little bit of Wing and G Gundam in high school. That last episode of 08 is so bad. It's not as bad as you led me to believe, it's but terrible. it's not good. It's terrible. It's terrible. We had a really good ending, and then what if there's just another episode? My dude, that is not even the worst of those anywhere in Gundam canon. I'm very aware. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> saying. Yeah. Uh... One year after the original cratering of Mobile Suit Gundam, but before the rise came back around, Tamino got to move on to a new series, which was also a weird experiment in the robot genre, Space Runaway Ideon. Uh, it would suffer a similar fate to Mobile Suit Gundam, but the fallout was much stranger. The show got canned at episode 39 out of a planned 43, so they cut it off a month early. But the place where the series was left turned into a demand to get the final stretch and a conclusion. 
As a result, 18 months after it left television, two movies came out in the summer as a double feature. In a weird detail, the films and only the films were animated with the help of Sanrio, and A Contact and Be Invoked were released to Japanese theaters. The series is in a really bizarre place. By most accounts, it's never been very popular. It did not have a turnaround in toy sales or anything, but it's... This is the most pretentious thing I'm going to say this episode. It's very <laughs> Velvet Underground-like. Everyone who watched it went on to make their own mecha show. Anyway, uh, it's been mentioned a few times the place the series ends up in was a huge influence on Hideaki Anno and Neon Genesis Evangelion. The Death and Rebirth End of Ava duology is very similar to the compilation movies for Ideon. And there's a few other things we're going to point out as we go through the show that other mech shows took some real inspiration from this, blatantly at times. Yeah, I actually just listened to that Velvet Underground uh, record for the first time and very underwhelmed, honestly. Pretty much. Yeah. Wow, yeah. someone underwhelmed important. by Velvet Underground. Imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> so, we are here at episode one, Resurrection of Ideon. Any thoughts mm -hmm. on the intro? Pretty into it, to be honest. It's weird. Like, it goes places. Like, it starts off like a little folksy, and then it sort of ends up being just sort of like a... I don't, I don't know what to call it, like, loungy pop song? It just... It's very strange. It's not as good as that yeah. fucking eye catch, though. I know. Yeah, that. we're, we're going to have to drop that <laughs> in every episode. Uh, oh, just... I'm, I'm going to use that as between episode <laughs> transitions. Oh, you should just drop it in every time somebody says Ideon. We will die of a drinking game. That, like, that's the alcohol poisoning drinking game version of that. Yeah. Yeah, good harmonies, though. Good harmonies. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, this came out in, like, 1980, right? Like, that's the... Yeah, this is early 80s, so this is still 70s as hell. Yeah, yeah, it's got that... I mean, it was probably made in the 70s, started in the 70s, and watched in the 80s. Yeah, no, also, like, man, our lead character with a big old afro. That dude looks like I did as a teenager, and that is hilarious to me. Have you? He's just that's like, that's, really the funny. that's the Tomino main character for, like, the early part of his career. Yeah, he's basically Amuro Ray with much more of a fro. Because on mm -hmm. Amuro, it's like, maybe that's just curls. On Cosmo, it's very clearly... Yo, my dude. Amaro had a mullet, but if mullets were froze. <laughs> so wait, the fro is only in the back? Uh, no. Imagine a mullet and then turn all of the hair into the fro where it starts at the front with like a business bang cut. Oh, and then oh, all the, the way down curl. the back. Yeah, whatever. That's called the jerry curl. Yeah. Nah, I don't know anything <laughs> about haircuts. Or looking presentable in general. You have to remember, Chris is the white member of the podcast. What? <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's rude to white people. <laughs> uh, so we open up, we're on planet Solo, which is a uh, Earth-like planet, I think... We find out how far away it is later. I think it's like 27 uh, light years away. 2.7. It's in the Andromeda Galaxy. In the Andromeda Galaxy, I think its designation is like A7. Yeah. Um, and it's a it's a place where humans from Earth are colonizing it. They recently got there. Um, so Love some imperialism. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Imperialism is apparently still good in this world. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, like, we haven't, uh, at least in this stretch, we don't know much of anything about what Earth itself is like and why they are colonizing. We just know that they're out there uh, for whatever reason. Um, and there's a lot of military there. Uh, so we're we're in a jungle. Uh, some of the colony's troops are a bit worried. They've taken a dude named Bess at his word and deployed a group of tanks and uh, trucks to see if he can um, find out what's going on in this little research area. And um, <laughs> following him is uh, first a uh, our our main character Ronald McDonald in his first appearance, uh, at least in anime. This, this is Cosmo. Cosmo's the the what were you going uh, for there, my guy? <laughs> Cosmo Yuki is a goddamn clown. He looks like a clown. He really he's minus the nose and the big shoes. Minus the he looks like a clown. Minus the defining features of a clown. Got it. Well, he's he's got the red fro. That's the thing, Ronald. It's McDonald orange. Red fro. It's still, he's red. Okay, look, it's I'm not going to argue with this because I'm like red colorblind, but also, fuck you, I'm pretty sure that's <laughs> supposed to be orange. <laughs> Fletch, let's not tell him. Anyway, uh, okay. Uh, and I found out I was colorblind in a 4chan troll thread. Wow, that's uh-huh. Uh-huh. one of the saddest sentences I've heard all day. I'm like, why are people posting all these gray circles? What's going on? Uh huh. Damn. So he's following him in a in a speeder, or his clown car, as the notes say. Uh, and yeah, it's he's not following... like it shows up again. No, no. I mean, like, yeah, like the technology we're talking about is like, I don't you know, like futuristic, but not like super. <laughs> the decadence like, not... of space capitalism. They have this car that can fit in fifty grown adults, and there's only two kids in it. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He he's driving this thing. He's like, "Hey, I got to know where those troops are going." Uh and also because they're heading towards a research area where we find out his dad is working. Uh and he's like, "Oh, this 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 cloud car is not going fast enough. Why? We don't have any weight in here." And he opens a a little door and there's a little kid in there with his uh pet uh chipmunk and he's like, "Fuck you, get out of here." Not do we not have any weight in here? It's am I overweight, which I thought was very funny. Yeah. It's perfectly fitting with how much of an asshole Cosmo is, though. He's such an asshole. Like that 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 is like the the defining trait of this show is Cosmo is such an asshole. And Bess is not much better. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, the, mm. We'll be having some toxic masculinity talks about this show. So Tomito apparently has a, a real gift for names. This guy's called Cosmo Yuki. And uh the uh, the guy who the little kid that tags along his name is Deck Afta, uh, which is a pun off of the aft deck. Which I, what is that? The back. It's a, yeah, uh, I'm trying to yeah, I'm trying to remember fore and aft. Um, and then uh, there's also following their car is a it's the naval themed share song. I believe in life. <laughs> I believe in life after decks. <laughs> God. <laughs> what? Uh, Fuck you. No, that was good. I'm giving him uh, that. Uh, oh my God. That song is 20 years old now. Like anyway, <laughs> uh, 
there's this there's this young woman who's who saw Cosmo going. He's like, I got I got to follow him, and she's driving a little motorcycle like hover bike, and her name is uh, Kasha Imhoff. Yep. And uh, like it, we cut to space where uh, drones are watching over the colony. They're surveying uh, the planet, uh, planet Solo, and their surveillance is linked to a, a race of um, these really funky looking human dudes who call themselves the Buff Clan. And they okay. find there's... You say they're really funky looking, but explicitly by the end of episode two, when they make contact with humans, people are just going to go, oh, you're you're absolutely humans, just in weird fashion. Everyone yeah. thinks they're the new colonists from the next wave of ships. Yeah, that's like the running, like, just the way to get this plot moving. They just, just decide to sort of ignore or like, so yeah, well, we'll get to when that happens. But yeah, it's. They're they're definitely humanoid, and they later say that they're Earthlings. Yeah, you'll yeah. get a little more clarification on that in time when the sides start talking. Also, if it took you more than five seconds to realize that these are like both Earthlings in like a Battlestar Galactica situation or whatever, just uh huh. <sighs> yeah. Anyway, so they're they're amazed that there's another uh, sapient race on the planet. And they begin surveying for something. We don't find out just yet, but they are they are looking at this planet looking for a specific thing. And then before we get much more of this, uh, one of the buff clan, uh, Lady Kamala, has uh, decided to take one of her shuttles and just go down there while everyone else is like, hey, don't do not do that. We don't know what they're capable of. We don't know anything about these people. They're like, ah, the thing we're looking for is probably down there. Let's go find out. Oh, yeah, yeah. There, there's a lot of funny lines, especially by the the buff clan in like the, these early episodes, like one of them will say like, so what are you going to do if the species has invented radar technology anyway? And the other one just says impossible and uh, spoilers. They, yes, they have is radar name technology. Really Kamala. No, uh, that is a typo on my part. I Oops. think something autocorrected. It's Kerala. <laughs> Kerala. Yeah. Thank God. I wasn't, wasn't, Wait, because we're going to make Kamala Harris jokes for the whole rest of this, this podcast. <laughs> the fucking cop Mala finally goes to jail. <laughs> yeah, uh, it looks like it's good elsewhere in my notes. I think Kerala. that's the only typo. Yeah, I didn't. I was just going to roll with it. It's fine. Yeah. Sorry. My bad. Uh, Commander Biden of the Buff Clan is not going to show up until episode 26. Oh, man. You can tell this is being recorded in, like, during presidential election season, because, like, all of our podcasts have references to candidates. Presidential election season is three years long. I know. Look, I mean, like, we still have... Uh, who is it that went first? Uh, oh, my God. What's his name? Oh, in, not Inslee. Does it matter? Yes, it's actually kind of funny. But anyway, yeah, you're right. Like, 2015, the first person to, r to run against Trump started, like, 2015. <laughs> Also, what are we even? What are we even doing? Like that everyone's gonna vote for McAfee. That's it. <laughs> it's true. Uh, that man conquered a whale with his dick. Did he now? <sighs> conquered my. Oh, do you not know that story? Because he comes bundled with everything. I thought he was just posing the question of having sex with a whale. I didn't think he actually had sex with a whale. My guy. Oh no, he said he said there's actually consent involved. If they want it, you'll know. And. And it, presumably that means because he's done it. Yes. Good lord. Good lord. 
<laughs> so speaking of military madmen, that's John not Mc... why they call them sperm whales. <laughs> God damn it! One <laughs> percent of your players want it way more than the others. <laughs> this is the worst, and I love it. <laughs> God, now I'm just imagining like virus software, but it's a gotcha game. Go. <sighs> yeah, it's called I, like fucking Gundam Mobile Battle Warfare or whatever the fuck that game I'm playing is I called. I tried that and it overheats my phone, so I uninstalled it. Hell yeah. Because it's like, oh, this seems like a really stupid thing I'd love to have fun with. Oh, I got bear guy arms. Oh, this is like burning me. <laughs> so, no. Uh, Bess's troops are heading to a dig site where some archaeologists are illegally, we point out, digging up a device using colony equipment. The, milita- the military are effectively the government on this planet, as the only real structure in town. Oh, only on this planet. <laughs> that we know of. Yeah, we, we'll we get to a little more of Earth later, don't worry. Uh, so everyone is going to be court-martialed and their findings claimed. The reason they brought all the tanks, though, is the fact that they have excavated a bunch of armored vehicles. Best finds the concept of these being found on the planet absurd, which gets him slapped by Cheryl Formosa, leader of the dig team. Basically, imagine any 70s lady in a miniskirt and tube top, and that's Cheryl. Yep. Cosmo's father is also here, but he doesn't even get a name. Yeah. Is he the guy that gets the fucking boulder? He's the guy who gets crushed by a bulldozer, yeah. No, yeah, the, no, the, no, 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 the, the boulder, the boulder, boulder? is uh, Formosa, I think it was his That's name That's very something. good. Yeah. Yeah, also, like, Bess is just an asshole. He's just like, oh, you bitch. And Cheryl has a good line, like, my name is not you, bitch. My name is Dr. Cheryl, whatever. Formosa. For Cheryl Formosa, I guess. Yeah. So, like, yeah, that... That that's kind of fun, but it's like a running thing so far in this show that like Cheryl and Bess are like Bess is just like, why can't you do this? And Cheryl's like, oh, well, we can't because we're researchers. And he's like, well, fuck you. The the two of them sort of settle into an uneasy co-rulership of the survivors, and it gets weird. Uh-huh. Kerala and her retainer Mayaya land and decide, well... That's one of the things we're looking for. May as well make a go at it. At roughly the same time as two other buff shuttles begin buzzing the dig site. Nobody fires on them at first, just thinking these are some of the new craft the colony ship that landed today brought. I hope phrases like buff shuttles stop being funny. It won't. They never will, and it owns. <laughs> well, like, I'm trying to record a podcast here. I can't laugh at that every time. My dude, wait until you find yourself giggling at the buff genocide. Oh no! See? Oh no! <laughs> oh, the nation of Chad finally gets it. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! That's like three layers deep of like internet brain poisoning to get that joke. Good Look, Lord. the opening joke to this episode had to be rewritten from when I originally started these notes because it was originally an Epstein joke before he offed himself. I, f- okay. you know, yeah. I would have uh-huh. probably still left. Yeah, but I felt like, oh, not today. Because I opened the document to finish these last night and went, nope. <sighs> I mean, yeah, I by the time this released, though, it wasn't going to be so, uh, 
Yeah, it wouldn't have been fresh. Also, it's not like anyone would... Anyone that would have been mad about that, like, probably not listening to this podcast. I don't think Was it really a mad about thing so much as, ooh, this reads different in the harsh light of day. Mm. A joke written a week prior. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess we're lucky we didn't record this till now. You mean, like, this last podcast about a spree shooter? That's true. That's, yeah. We'll have some uncomfortable overtones all throughout this show. Don't worry. I wasn't kidding as about o- genocide. As always, the, the, this is the Boku no stop promise. <laughs> uncomfortable shit all the time. Welcome uncomfortable to Uncomfortable shit and teens. Hell Especially yeah. with teens. Speaking of teens, let's talk about how Cosmo is a 70s as fuck asshole. Because... Uh-huh. His father has just been killed by collapsing machinery in front of him, and Kasha is horrified that the remnants of a man landed in front of her, and he just goes, God, you're such a girl. Yeah. Yeah, Cosmo totally no-sells his father just getting crushed to death. He doesn't say anything about it. Like, they don't even mention it again until episode three, where it's one line another character makes. Yeah, and then he just says, go fuck yourself, kid, because that's what what he would have said anyway. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, Cosmo is just a a massive dick. We we also forgot the the whole bit where uh, Kasha got covered in tree leeches. Just yeah, th- there there were there's a lot of weird alien fauna in the first episode or two of this show. Well, it's that more is like, not yeah, going to do matter. you want me to get those leeches off your butt? Yeah, he does say that. Just, they like, they melt in sunlight though. Yeah, yeah. The w- weird thing is that, like that that is a real thing. Tree leeches are a thing in Japan though. Like. That didn't come out of nowhere. What? Oh yeah, yeah, like I was. So I was watching. Um, I watched. Uh, I've been on a Kurosawa kick. Uh, recently, and I watched Rashomon for the first time. And apparently, did you watch any of the forest, good ones instead of just Rashomon? Uh, I also watched Yojimbo, Sanjuro. I've seen Seven Samurai before. Great, you saw all the good ones. That's yeah, a, pretty much. A lot of really good ones. You should watch the one about the guy who's dying. Yeah, I, I'm gonna. I'm probably gonna watch more of them, but those are the ones I owned. And uh, apparently, that forest they shot in for Rashomon was completely full of tree leeches that were falling on everybody. Why did they have all the fucked up bugs? They also have those enormous like battle cruiser wasps. I don't know, man. I island, I guess <laughs> island isolation. <laughs> uh, yeah. So like these, when I saw those tree leeches, I went, "Oh shit!" Like that. That that seems alien to us, but like that's definitely a real thing. <laughs> To be fair, every creature on this planet is just Earth creature with a different color or an extra limb. There's one really blatant one where what is totally an orange lemur stares at the camera. Okay. Yeah, we saw some like blue lizards that like that are kind of funky looking. They look like dinosaurs a little. And Chim Chim, but... aka uh, Deck, is he's got a little squirrel. Yeah, the blue squirrel, but it has two tails. I didn't notice that. Yeah. Uh, watch out for it, because, yeah, sometimes you'll see it just has two tails. Gotta get all this Weird. deep lore. Again, most of these creatures will die in the end of this episode. That that feels like what would happen if you crossed Sonic and Tails together. How do you Ugh. think we made a fast, blue, two-tailed creature, my dude? Ugh. And you know Ray the Squirrel is involved, because guess what? It's uh-huh. a squirrel definitely a squirrel 
Oh, Lord. So, yeah, Earth is a planet of furries now. But we're not there yet. We're currently on planet Solo. (laughs) Only now. Bess is pretty badass during this fight, uh, managing to avoid enemy fire, and he just straight up starts taking out some of the buff troops using only a beam saber and a pistol. And Uh not a Gundam-style big robot suit beam saber. It's a laser sword in his hand on foot versus mechanical walkers with machine guns. Which are the goofiest things, by the way. Those little walker dudes. They're very silly. They're very silly. And they, like, hop like frogs. You know, as unknown terrain vehicles, those are actually pretty sane. They're better than whatever the fucking ones in Star Wars are called. Badass, yeah. Don't tell me what they're called. Uh, ATST is the chicken walkers. Okay. Right, right. Adats yeah, are yeah. the tow cable guys. Yep, yep. <laughs> was that your sex moan? Did I just get to hear the Chris Taylor O experience? That was the don't tell me what they're called and then you proceed to talk about Star Wars for ten seconds, which was all I could take. To be fair, Chicken Walkers is still going to be one of the funniest things because it always sounds like a weird Star Wars racial slur. Yeah, and also, like, it implies there are chickens in that universe, and that's odd. Yeah. Because, like, there's nothing else in the universe that's, like, the same type of animal. <gasps> <laughs> uh, Speaking of animals, read something, you filthy beast. There was a fucking lightsaber, Chris. <laughs> Bess has a lightsaber. Excuse me, it's a beam sword. How dare you? <laughs> Don't dirty I'm gonna, this. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to keep calling it a lightsaber just to so, piss you uh, off. Corella just has a translator that she puts into her ear uh, while observing from the trees and uh, tries to start figuring out some of the human language. Uh, Cosmo hops onto one of the vehicles while Cheryl is in another, uh, Kasha in a third, and uh, he just starts fucking around with it and they activate. Uh, The screen says, cast in the name of God, ye not guilty, and that must be the (laughs) sign of the idiot. Good job. Uh, the vehicle shrug. That's basically what it is. Yeah, uh, I know. The vehicle shrug off hit after hit, and it is uh, wow, wow, wow. Fuck you, whoever wrote said that. Uh, the vehicle shrug off hit after hit, and uh, apparently, this show, unlike Gundam, is credited as the first real robot series. No, which... I said Gundam was dipshit. Oh, I misread. Unlike that. Okay. Gundam, which started real robot. Thank God, because I was mad about that. Yeah, this show is super robot as fuck. I have the reading comprehension mm-hmm. of a president right now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Chris, do you want me to read the schedule to you? Yes, please. When are we recording <laughs> next? Next weekend, right? Uh, yeah, actually. Oh, no, I did, forgot to play all the DLC yesterday. I was playing an idle I... game on my phone all day. Uh, <laughs> well, you know what I'm doing on Saturday. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, so... The vehicles take, like, a billion hits, and uh, this is a good time to point out that uh, this show is very super robot as fuck. Uh, there are zero stakes to anything at all. They just have a magic robot. Uh, it is apparently, and a magic robot just does shit. Yeah, too, it is like, apparently one like, of the most overpowered robots in all of mecha history. You'll see. Isn't it, like, fucking enormous? It is enormous. It looks like it's a uh, Where's that mecha comparison high. picture that needs to go in the show notes? It's not the biggest by that one because some things like I think it's Garin Lagan has a real stupid I'm a galaxy robot, but we're up there. 
the vehicles will combine into the Ideon robot itself, and every buff clan member in the vicinity shits themselves because this thing is a legend to their culture and what they were looking for on the planet. The mechanical giant Ide. Cosmo gets the thing to move enough to destroy the remaining fighters, and the end of episode responses are as follows. Man, imagine thinking car... Voltron is cool. Sorry, I'm looking at this actually, size. I chart. don't actually have any firm so fucking opinions stupid, about Matt. Voltron. Called you Matt. That's so mm-hmm. dumb. Anyway, here's the size chart for Matt's glorification. Noise. Here are a bunch of robots Matt. you don't know. I will throw that in the notes, though, because why not? We're going to uh, need just, something for notes. The O one is in here somewhere. I have a different one that, like, Ideon is, like, sixth. I just yeah, like I said, there's been some real uh, dick-wagging from different robot creators about, well, I'm the big one now. Yeah, these get absurd. Yeah, th- yeah. this thing is absolutely enormous. The big O like, isn't even in here. To be fair, the big O is not that huge by comparison. I know, but he's so cool. Oh, there he is. He's in the he's bottom. Also... He's in the front left. Yeah. <laughs> Look, the arm thing is very cool. Like the elbow like the piston big... thing. He's a fucking It's got Popeye. a great design. He's a Popeye. Got yeah. Like, no biceps and triceps, but like huge forearms. Uh huh. Like, big O is basically just uh, Gigantor, but with a slightly modernized design. It's cool. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the end of these episodes tend to be kind of abrupt and, like, just with everyone sort of laying out their feelings on what's going on. So uh, here's our response as follows. Bess and Cheryl gets, holy shit, this is absolutely the thing that we were finding talk of and the legends we were digging up. Kerala goes, holy shit, the giant of Ide is not supposed to be a terrible beast. Cosmo just goes, holy shit, this thing is huge. And Kasha is the only one going... We just killed people. What did we do here? And <laughs> yeah, like we we kind of glossed over it, but like the Buff Clan just starts shooting people, and like the, even the guy is like one of the Buff Clan. I said like, dude, what the hell? Why'd you shoot? And he's like, well, she's down there. I guess we should have just like I, I just panicked. Uh, I thought about it when I was watching this. So, like the Buff Clan is just basically the United States because in episode four, after they just light up this foreign civilization, they go, "I can't believe they're so hostile to us." <laughs> yeah, they they go from like zero to war crimes immediately, and there is basically a like pair of good Buff Clan characters so far, and that's it. Everyone else is kind of a monster. Yeah. So, Fletcher, is this just there was a civil war, or is it the Buff Clan were the Nazis and the Earthling, the humans escaped the planet? Which one of these is it? It's gotta be one of those. Um, there's a bit more of a split to it. You will start to see more of each civilization as we go. Okay, because right now it's real. The Buff Clan were the Nazis. Yeah, um, they were not the Nazis, but keep in mind, this is like, two ships at the ass end of both of these empires meeting up for the first time. Yeah, yeah. it's like the standard Tomino intro, I got it. To be fair, I am also... I forgot that... Oh yeah, this is very much a lot of the Side 7 stuff. Yeah, this is exactly the beginning of 79. <laughs> yeah. Except now they escape the planet on episode 4 instead of landing on the planet in episode 4. It's true. Uh, any thoughts on the ending? It happens. 
Yeah, whatever. We should keep moving. We're like that's I just into this. for the first time it came up. That's all. I know. Fair enough. I didn't even watch it. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. I also skipped the ending. It's very generic. Like the the opening theme has some nice horn. Yeah, I mean, like I I spe- I speed I see like the next time on, and then in the credits I just kind of zoom through. Uh, fun fact, I. Some kind of VLC update broke my ability to watch my Blu-ray, so I'm going to have to fix that tonight. So I actually had to watch all of this on High Dive uh, to get the final notes. Oh, no. Well, I'm just glad we pay for Verve, because otherwise I wouldn't have had any way to watch this. Anyway, Episode 2, New Lopia is in Flames. Mm Mm-hmm. So, uh, a thing about this series versus the last one we covered is it is pre-Bubble Era anime as fuck, which is why we're about two minutes and thirty in before we get any new animation. The first chunk is just recapping the robots swatting the fighters down. Uh, yep. At least the, uh, the repeated intro bit isn't two minutes long like it is in Gundam. Yeah, it's, it's very quick. Like, keep in mind that... Two and a half minutes is also including the intro, the title card, etc. Yeah, like fucking Gundam 79, it's like four minutes before the anime starts. This was an era of cost-cutting for television animation. <sighs> mm-hmm. uh, we're not even getting to, like, three notes down is, uh, the mecha detransforms by playing all the transformation animations in reverse. Yep. Very, that's yeah. the worst part yeah. about Transformer anime is, you know, get ready for reuse, my guy. At yeah. least in this first set of four, they have to start using new ones because they start adding weapons to the ships. Yeah, so they modif- they do what they do with uh, Sailor Moon and modify a few of the uh, a few of the scenes and just insert them in. Because <laughs> like, it's true. Yeah, because. By by the end, Sailor Moon is basically doing still doing seventy percent of the original animation. She just ends up in a slightly different costume at the end. It's like that's not true. They start okay, using okay, the movie okay. versions of the animation. To it's like of. adding cabbage that to a true. salad. That way, you don't notice it's all the same leaf. I'm mostly thinking of like the the end, the skinny kawate Oshokyo bit, because like oh that bit God. is is pretty reused. But like, yeah, the actual they redo the the actual transformation prior to that. They make why, do I, why do I do this with you? He's being the more restrained of the two of us right now because I could take this much further, dude. My God. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Why don't, take, why don't you take this much further into these notes? Deck nearly gets himself killed when Cosmo's like, Hey, uh, I think we're I think we're standing up. Take a look outside. I do wish he had gotten murdered by that squirrel. Yeah, he opens the door a thousand feet in the air and trips, and then his squirrel buddy starts trying to climb on him while he's hanging on for dear life, so it nearly tickles him off. <sighs> Yeah, then Cosmo nearly jumps out the thing himself. But he at least catches himself, probably because Deck is the tiniest child who is not a baby, and mm-hmm. Cosmo looks like he has actual teenage proportions. Yeah. Uh, the mecha splits back into three, blah blah blah. And so Bess comes upon Kerala in the woods and mistakes her confusion and stilted speech as just being, oh, you must have arrived on the new colony ship. It's a real Mr. F situation, to be honest. Yeah, there's there's a lot of people not knowing what the hell is up with Kerala in this opening chunk. Once that starts getting out there and people understand their enemy more, it's less terrible. 
Yeah, I mean, like, he he goes, it's one of those things where one side is, is clearly running the entire conversation and just makes assumptions and nobody, like, they never, like, think to wait for a response. Oh, it's a male-female interaction, you say? Uh, fair. Fair. <laughs> yeah, Bess is like, oh, hey, uh, oh, this is what Earthlings wear. Oh, you should hang out over there. Uh, uh, no, we can't have a date. Uh, actually, you know what? Let's have a date tomorrow. That sounds good. Yep. <laughs> That's literally what happens. Yeah. Uh, on the Buff Clan ship, we get a little more exposition. Karala is the daughter of Supreme Commander Doba, which is how she's able to get away with the shit she just pulled. Mm-hmm. More troops are going to be sent down to search for her because nobody on the ship knows yet that the Ideon is up or the last force was slaughtered. There's mm-hmm. not a lot of instant radio communication in this show. Yeah, that's kind of strange. Well, it's in... You see, it's being interfered with by all the Minovsky particles. <laughs> uh, actually, I'm thinking about it right now, and I think the only comm station is the one Beck finds fucking around with some of the Ide stuff. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't think we actually have any... Well, there's one at the second... There's one at the uh, second excavation site also. There's that, but I think that's all direct to Lopia six, and then Lopia six civilization tech, not mm. anything these two races have. No, they have that giant tower they built outside that gets knocked over when the ship takes off. All right, I guess. the The safe assumption you can make is it's all both of those are point to point to Lopia, and Lopia gets attacked, so no one knows anything. Uh, that tracks. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, people working with uh, imperfect information and making uh, dire decisions because of it. Yeah. Oh, like these people from another planet don't have radar. Yeah. So fucking yeah. stupid. Yeah, it's like they like they could build hover cars and they could see. They like look down and see. Oh, hey, look at this hover car over there, and they go, oh yeah, but no radar. But at least Gijay catches on really quick that, okay, we are underestimating these people. This is going, this is just getting us killed. What are you doing? I am disappointed. There was a surprise barrier and those kids didn't get vaporized. The kids are the worst. They're so bad. Wait. I just want them, I just want that baby and his mom to be vaporized so they can stop being in the show. Oh, my dude. Yeah, there's this one baby. This, one this is a Tomino called... show. You're going to get what you want. I know, but it won't be until that end. <laughs> Some of it happens sooner, trust me. Yeah, there's a there's a crying child in every episode, and it's the same one, and it sucks. It's not funny. His name's Lou. Piper Lou. Piper Lou? Is that his Piper full name? Piper Lou, yes. That is her full name. Her full? That's a... That's a girl. That's a girl? That's a girl. I had no idea. Well, yeah, you're not supposed to be able to pick out the gender on a baby, my dude. That's a whole thing. Hmm. Matt's got to see the bits hmm. so he knows what bathroom it goes in. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> uh, uh, Bess, Cheryl, and Cosmo meet up inside the lead vehicle. And Bess... So we've said Cosmo is kind of like a general purpose asshole. Bess's job is generally just to go put some guns on it, or I don't care, and walk out of the room. It's the Portlandia bird sketch, but for missiles. Holy shit, is it? <laughs> you you have not even... Later on, there's just going to be The an part where they the fucking idiot. put it directly into the bottom of the torso is very funny to me. 
Yes. Yeah, they haven't figured out the engineering on how these combine yet, so they install weapons and then they discover, hey, um, I can't see out of this thing because the robot combined. I'm like looking at the ass. We get a little bit of time spent with the colonists settling in, the current residents of the town going about their day. And the next wave of buff troops decide, you know how we can find Kerala easily? Raise New Lopia. Then she'll be mm-hmm. anywhere that isn't these ruins. And then they fucking Don Draper this picnic. Like, there's about <laughs> five minutes of them slaughtering their way through the colony with a couple of named characters uh, making their way into the jungle. Yeah. It's pretty, like, the violence in here is pretty brutal, like, in this show. Oh, yeah, this one right here. Yeah, definitely stuck with me. Uh, you want to you want to cover this? OK, yeah. So at one point, so they launch the jets, they start trying to fight back. And uh, one of the the only time that they get one of the buff clan attack, uh, the buff fighters, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, uh, the pilot geez. shoots him down. And he goes, I did it, mom. And then turns around to like high five his guy. And then they just both slow mo explode and are evaporated. Oh, yep. it's so good. Yeah, this is, I actually forgot, I haven't seen this series since high school, so. But, like, that one, that one is, like, an end of Ava thing going on right there, just the level Uh of not cut away from violence. Yeah. I thought this happened, like, by episode four, because I know the planet gets wrecked in their takeoff. It's like, oh no, we were here ten minutes into episode two. Yeah, and, like, I can't tell if this is supposed to be funny, tragic, or both. It's definitely tragic. Tamino is very anti-war in his works. Yeah, but, like, the whole, wow, I did cool it, robot. Mom, and then he dies. <laughs> yes, wow, cool robot. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. Yeah, that's that's definitely a thing that he has very much bemoaned with, like, God damn it, everyone calls me the Gundam guy, and meanwhile my fame is based around this thing that you've turned into a toy commercial for all the weapons of war. And Thanks, then you assholes. Make, then you make 0080 war in the pocket. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the pilots all go, alright, let's get this thing to transform again, and they can't figure out how, but it powers up once uh, Piper Lou begins crying on Cosmo's vehicle, and this whole fight, the end of this episode, every time we cut to Cosmo, he's going, shut the fucking baby up. It, yep. It's every like time. somebody's, it's like playing fucking Yoshi's Island is what this episode is. Yeah. Uh, as soon as the Ideon transforms, the slaughter reverses. The three pilots start working out how to coordinate. Uh, they're flying the robot through the skies and just smashing craft. But the buff fighters flee because... Gijay goes, I think we should leave now, and the robot cannot yet leave the atmosphere. Yeah, it, it always seems like, though, from my viewing of this, that the human humans, the 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 normal, like, the Cosmo and his people, I don't know, I just want to call them Earth. Like, Let's go with all, humans for now. Let's just go with humans. Uh, the humans, and, uh, like, they seem to keep getting absolutely decimated, and they, like, will kill off a handful of the buff clan or like I think the he says uh Cosmo says he only got two of them this time. Well, it's because their yeah. thing only activates in self defense. It's not an offensive right. limit, so they're always going to take some hits first. Yeah, and it seems like also the the human tanks and like ships like they'll they'll get a kill or two, but then like four of them die. Have you never seen it to be no joint before, my guy? 
I, I like I said, <laughs> if he did away the best it, team, that's, that's pretty how much it goes. It. Normal people don't matter. It's only these special folks in this robot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so the robot disassembles and they land at the second excavation site, which we never heard anything about prior, where the survivors are all beginning to gather because it's the only human structure not on fire. Uh-huh. Cheryl mentions maybe the Ideon has something to do with the other robot here as we end the episode. Mm. And mm-hmm. let's tell a story because I screenshotted this guy and I'm going to throw him into the episode notes. Uh, the original Mobile Suit Gundam was this same studio and it had some real animation problems at times. To the point there's one episode Tomino was so ashamed of that it has never been released or aired in any US releases of the series. Seriously, if you go buy the Blu-rays now, episode 15 isn't on them. Uh, I cover that because, holy crap, Slender Man is filling a lot of background roles at this dig site. There is, like, a lot of... I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay, yeah. Well, um, when she starts running through everything, there's a lot of versions of this guy. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. Yeah, he's real skinny. Yep. That, that guy's been skipping leg day. That guy is nothing but leg day. It's like no muscle like, there. Working out doesn't make your limbs longer, asshole. <laughs> it does when you fucking put the 300 pounder on each foot and just hang. When they cheap out on the animation and just like let the filler go on. Yeah, this is what happens with background cycles in this show. Yeah. So yeah, imagine an entire episode of that where like the robot has a long face, and that's why they've never released episode fifteen of Gundam here. Look, he's uh-huh. just really sad. All his friends died. <laughs> yeah. Uh it's a filler episode, so it's just like a Zaku on an island. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Oh my god, I just pulled up a picture of that. <laughs> Ah, you saw <laughs> Dylan's so Island, huh? You should paste it. In oh, jeez, I'm, I'm I'm about to do this. Good yeah, show yeah. this. To, I'll have to paste this into the show notes too because this episode is infamous. <laughs> <laughs> Everything that's, is that off model. Right, Everything. That's, that's somebody so actively watching this show. That's very funny. The actual fight scene is even wilder. Dude, it's like one of those fucking photoshops where they shrink it, they just bring all the facial features up and Yeah, the content-aware face. Yeah, Yeah. that's what they did to a Gundam. (laughs) Fuck, why do you know the name of that? Because I do video and audio and other editing work. (laughs) That's so bad. Yeah, again, (laughs) never, never released Uh, in English. Copy link, paste to (laughs) anime and mango. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, and we close episode two on Cheryl looking over the second dig's findings, a half-buried ship, one that's big enough to carry the massive Ideon. Ideon! Hi there. You were probably going, hey, where were you guys? We thought you left us, like that father who went out for smokes and never came back. Well, unlike Chris Taylor, let me tell you, we're here to stay because how else can we hit you up for money? By sending you to GoatSeafund.me or Patreon.com slash PitchDropNetwork. Because that's where you can pay for premium episodes of this show, like the conclusion to our series on rebuild movies, which, hey, maybe next year we'll have a fourth special, or an ongoing private uh, set of episodes 
which involve the cast of this show and some other hosts covering the series JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, among others. Also, there's other things on the network that involve, say, bonus podcasts about JRPGs for those of you who like Lightning Strikes Thrice, which shares all of our hosts with this fine show that you're listening to, and other things like uh, some shit about Garfield and some shit about Pokemon, which isn't a real JRPG because it doesn't involve. Anyway, if you want to give us some money, we'll have a URL at the end of the episode, but again, that's goatsyfun.me, and thank you for your support. So we are at episode three, The Trembling Earth. Uh, we Once we get to the new stuff, Cosmo finally acts like a human and cries, but not because his dad died in front of him. Nope. No, he's sad everyone not at this dig site is presumed dead based on all the waves of smoke they see from what was once Nulopia. I mean, that's still like, in the grand scheme of things, more people dying is more sad, but also, yo, your dad died and you still haven't talked about it. He I never mean- will. I wouldn't feel like oh, geez. At all, to be honest. He is a redhead. Like, he, he should... Jeez. Uh, <laughs> I can say that. That's my people. I'm, like, half redhead, Pe- and I am offended. People is a strong word for the Irish. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need you to editorialize that. <laughs> you know what? You know what? I'm gonna cut that clip out and just... <laughs> oh, that's the one you're gonna cut out, huh? Uh-huh. We should just start making a Chris soundboard. Oh, we should, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, just a lot of a lot of hell yeah. We gotta have. There's hell a button yeah. for the challenger, the troubles, the Irish, <laughs> and then one for every major religion. Mm-hmm. Also, mm-hmm. Uh, neoliberal Matt Marcus would be one of the things. Yeah, that seems yeah. to be a running gag. Apparently, <laughs> noted centrist. <laughs> there we go. Woof. Uh, anyway, Social Democrat, uh, please. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, Karala and Mayaya reunite as everyone is getting loaded onto the alien ship. Yes, it is. She won't be Mayaya for long. Just. Wow. Why? <laughs> uh, I'm just laughing at that joke, that's all. <laughs> Sorry, I was groaning at the phrase Karala and Mayaya. Oh, I thought you were groaning at the buff duo. No. Because <laughs> that's what I keep referring to them as in the notes. Uh, they're buff gal pals. <laughs> Cho and Iki got it. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, So they try and radio for extraction, and Bess, because they have radar and other instruments, goes, Hey, that's not one of our signals. Something not human is on this ship. Uh, meanwhile, the planet itself is starting to summer massive tremors. In space, the buff ship is starting to run low on crew after a lot of basically suicide missions, which means Commander Gie announces that anyone who wants to risk a suicide mission can come with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of... There's actually a little bit of knife twisting here, because like, one of the few dudes who volunteers to come along is like, uh, you are getting increasingly old. I thought you were going to retire soon, my dude. Yeah, but I want a bit of glory for my granddaughter before she gets married. Like, basically, if I do this, it will look good for the family when I come back. And you know, it's like, oh, you're signing up to do this one last mission. You're going to die. And how? 
yeah, and they got, real, they got real weird samurai culture going on. They actually yeah. say samurai, actually. Yeah. yeah. Yes, they do. It's um, very confusing. It's in episode four when the new commander shows up. He's like, uh, maybe don't do that samurai self-sacrifice bullshit. I need more men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny that happens after this uh, suicide mission because then the same commander is like, let's not do a suicide mission. <laughs> to be fair, after what he sees here, I understand why he immediately becomes, yo, let's stop antagonizing this. Yeah. On the ship, Bess tracks their signal, and he and another dude corner Kerala and Maya. But Maya just flat out instantly shoots someone before Kerala's like, hey, put that down. Mm -hmm. uh, we aren't told for about a minute that, no, that, that was a stun weapon. Your buddy's fine. Mm -hmm. uh, they are, they, we put the scene on pause when she says they are also Earthlings, but of the buff clan. I'm going to point out that, once again, Ideon gets ripped off a lot for such an unloved show. Super Dimension Fortress Macross comes two years later than this, does the insane massive transforming mecha god and the villains are humans but a little different but not so different and mm -hmm. it's pretty blatantly the buff clan and the humans yeah i get the impression that the show is like weirdly canonized despite not being popular it is yeah uh, a lot of people will make reference to having seen it but no one ever wants to go oh yeah it's great they're just like yeah, uh, it did some weird shit that stuck with me. Yeah. So, uh, Bess is busy, you know, with his Mexican standoff. So when the suicide team attacks, the co-pilot has to take over in the third vehicle. Um, I have the co-pilot's name later in there, but I always mix up which vehicle is which. So it's currently Cosmo, um, Kasha, and Bento. They're flying the RZA. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. The buff troops invade the dig site under the rest of the troops, starting shit above ground. And one of them gets overzealous, firing on a daycare where a one grown woman and five children won't answer. Where are the buff women? <laughs> That's what he uh, says. Man, I I could go for a buff chick right now. Send this to your I wife. Got two in the other room. Hey. <laughs> uh, do you, uh yeah but uh you, you gotta hold the blue cheese though i don't really like blue cheese on my buff chick <laughs> that's good I i'm glad we finally become woke enough to stop calling them buff broads <laughs> no that's a cosmo move uh cosmo is basically a guido my dude <laughs> he's fucking terrible he's so unlikable yo these buff chicks what are they doing on my robot hey Yo, check out my new haircut. Hey, I'm if transforming you put him over in here. Clay. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, he he would totally be be a John Travolta Saturday Night Fever character. Guess Andrew Dice assistant, Clay, one hundred percent. Kasha Legs. Mm -hmm. <laughs> anyway, uh, the the ship decides to go. Nobody is hurting children on my watch yet. <laughs> and when he when he shoots that them, they get shielded, and it launches a backlash that disintegrates the motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. Which, by the way, uh, asshole! If the guy, you just can't murder children. Yeah, I would. You have can't murder him yet. One. Again, uh, I I 
I accidentally just spoiled myself as to why this happens, and I'm kind of mad about it, but I'm going to save it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because I've so not dumb. seen this before. It's, it's really dumb, Chris. You're going to hate it. It's going to be great. Uh-huh. This is going to get wild, my dude. Uh, Gijay sees this, and this is the instant where he turns from we need to save Kerala at all costs, too. I am getting the fuck out of here, and I am not messing with any of this again. Yeah. Because he does not realize this is all ancient dug-up tech. He thinks this is what humans have, yeah. and he is clearly outmatched. On his way out, he runs across a lupin-looking motherfucker who's like, Hey, yo! And he just caps him. Yeah, it's fucking real brutal. It's like, yeah. oh, wait, hey, guy! And he just was shot in the chest. Yeah. I don't think his weapon is set to stun. No. I don't think so either. Uh, the attack is called off, and Cheryl and Bess, who are kind of running the joint in a weird duology, are like, literally everything that just happened is suspicious with them fucking off out of nowhere. Do you think they're after what we're digging up? Bess shrugs and walks out of the room, because he's not really a thinker. Nope. Gijay swallows his pride and admits to his bosses, so I lost the High Commander's daughter. Can I get some troops? Mm-hmm. Uh, the Buff Clan is not one of those races who punish your first failure with death, so they go, okay, you're no longer in charge, but there's another ship in the area. We're sending you some assistance. Yeah, which is what they should have done the first time, but you know. Yup. Yeah. Uh, the night is pretty tense. Deck is now the unofficial comms officer, given that he just keeps sitting at the console. <laughs> All the technicians are being shuffled onto what's now called the solo ship to get it operational. And the three vehicles are being given code names as well. Cosmo has the Idio Delta, the head and arms. Kasha's is the Idio Buster, which is the legs. And Bess and Bento will alternatively pilot the Idio Nova with the torso. Yeah. The I'm end never going to remember any of that. I have to keep writing it down for myself. Okay. I just like there's the fire truck, and then there's the tank, <laughs> <laughs> and the jet. I mean, they look they look like toys. Like yeah, which one is ha- the Dalmatian pilot? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just, I just, like, every time I see like the the individual like pieces like just driving around on the ground, I can just imagine a kid like holding one, just going vroom vroom. And unfortunately, nobody did, which is why this didn't get a revival like Gundam. That kid oh, well. was Hideaki Anno. Ha. Huh. <laughs> uh, hilariously, I think Garrett of the Riceball Network has actually sent me an Ideon model kit that he found at a convention recently because he heard we were doing this show. Yeah. So I'm going I'll to see J- what that looks like. I'm going to Japan in a couple of weeks if anybody has any, re- uh, any requests for something to bring back. I will just tell you the same thing I tell anyone. If you see something that is so unequivocally me, pick it up and I'll pay you back. Otherwise, don't worry. I don't want to get on a list, Fletch. I have to get back into the country. Also, the shipping for an entire bag of garbage will be a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I love how you said that right before I said, like when they sent me the Saga soundtracks. So, you Uh know, that's Uh a brutal cell phone on my part. Got (laughs) him. Ladies and gentlemen. We got it. This is why we can't give up nuclear first strike capabilities. (laughs) Uh, The end of the episode is pretty quick. The reinforcements arrive and they make a full frontal assault on the colonists with the Edeon dispatched to handle defense. The numbers are too many, though, and a missile gets inside the dig cavern, which blows the ship free. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, the ship takes off because Piper Lou begins crying again. Gijay, being one of the only people standing who didn't arrive ten minutes ago, sees the even bigger ship rise out of the earth and goes, What the fuck? Mm-hmm. Then we get to episode four, Escape from Planet Solo. Solo Nobre. Mm-hmm. Yep. And... And everything immediately continues to go to hell. Uh, it, the Idion become uh, the Idion begins chasing the retreating buff ships uh, in a uh, missile scramble, and everyone on the solo ship is wondering how are we going to get this thing moving? How did these fighter jets even eat the HGH? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like we didn't describe these jets, but they have like a big fuck off missile as like the front of their fuselage, and they just launch them, and th- I. I don't know if they're like nuclear level. Like they're very, they're supposed to be very strong, and they're doing nothing to. They're the, to the sub nuclear if they aren't. Y- yeah, they're they're big fuck off missiles. That seems very bad for like, the aerodynamics yeah. of your plane. Like you just have this big fucking hole exactly in the nose. I think yeah. that's a huge part of why they all tend to load the fighters into the larger saucer craft. Mm-hmm. That thing's meant for flying. These are just meant for like short range defensive skirmish. Yeah. But anyway, uh, so like the solo ship, uh, all the engines are still being repaired. They they did figure out there's antimatter engines on here, and that's a big deal, apparently. Uh, yeah. And uh, I guess that I guess that means it's like it can go like into space. Right. Yeah. It's potent. We will see at the end of the episode. Yeah. No, it's something. Uh, uh, chaos is broken out and um, and the lock on the uh, cell Corolla and my are in. Uh, like loosens up, uh, they're able to break out, and uh, they get into the ship. Uh, well, the rest of the ship. And while it's in the air, um, Cosmo makes the decision to turn the robot around and help out. Uh, and he says, um, "If that thing is really a spaceship, uh, we can arm it, and we can really, you know, take the fight to them." He, you know, he's assuming that there there's a connection between the two, which he's right. Uh, yep. On the buff ship, uh, is it? Gij, have you been saying Gij or uh, do we have Gij, a yeah. Gij? As I can never remember how these things are pronounced half the time, especially because when I rewatch them, I rewatch them at one point five speed. There are some really weird pronunciations in a couple of these, so I'm not going to give you any shit. Yeah, these are so, not simple names like Gendo no. and Shinji. Yeah, so Gij is going. Uh, we really, really need to stop attacking for now. Uh, Karala is she's a smart woman; she can handle herself, and uh, if we stop setting them on high alert all the time uh maybe we can she can get out or we can find a better way to to make this happen and everybody else is says uh or we could just uh keep trying to blow them up and uh if they get off this planet um but right, we, we want to blow them up before they leave yeah yeah because they, they're already presuming that they're just gonna peace out and they're right <laughs> because they're just getting blown up a lot uh, the survivors continue arming the Ide Mecha, and Kasha, reminder, a 10- to 12-year-old girl, is supervising the additions on her own craft. When Best tells her, look, you need some rest, she responds, and I quoted this word for word, everyone has been killed, there's no time for sleep. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, and then, and then Best is like, yeah, but, you know, you're you're also too tired to do things. And, like... Cosmo just falls asleep, like, right before that, too, like, in the cockpit. So, this is very Gundam, but much harsher. The opening of that show is civilians are on a military ship, 
some of them have to start kind of getting conscripted to help out with the role since they don't have a full platoon of troops. This is the opposite. This is the military doesn't know what they're doing. They are running out of anyone because all the guys are getting killed off skirmish by skirmish, and literally anyone with hands or electronics knowledge is being thrown at these problems to try and save their lives. And Cosmo's apparently uh, like an elect- like electric engineering whiz. Like they they say he's like he's been the only one to get things to work on it, and he you know you see him like digging into the consoles and stuff. Uh, yeah, he's he's the one who actually gets a lot of the wiring done and the repairs that the dig team couldn't. Yeah, which which hasn't been like established at all prior to to them mentioning it. I mean, I guess he's the son of a scientist, but even then, you know. They don't ever mention him being a chip off the old block or anything like that. No, they just stop mentioning his dad. They never say his father's name in this series. No. Yeah. Everyone begins loading what they can onto the ship during the downtime, and the two buff women just kind of slide into the general populace, helping out with watching the kids. And everyone's just like, Mm -hmm. oh, this must be the fashion on Earth, not knowing that there are maybe like five survivors from that colony ship that arrived. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it, it seems very strange that like none of the other colonists go like, you don't look like us either. What's going on? Gijay's second in command, Damido, lets slip that really he's only being so hawkish to suck up to the new boss. And so he decides a great move that would also get him ahead in the ranks is if we find Kerala before Gijay does, that's all that matters. So he takes a full squadron out to try and sneak attack the ship. Gijay and the new boss, Abadede, see this, and the latter just goes, Yeah, this is fucking stupid, you're right, but this is going to turn into a fight. So I need you to take over this operation and save as many people as possible, since we're going to have to send someone out to give the order anyway. Mm -hmm. So Abadede, this is also the point where he makes the samurai comment you mentioned earlier. Yeah, yeah. He's clearly going, All right. You guys fucked up royally, but one of you two seems to actually have the skills to get us out of this, and it's not the one who just launched all of my men at the thing that destroys all of my men. <laughs> yeah, probably without authorization, too. He, Yeah, they point out later, like, that is not authorized, he did not have an order for that, he just wanted to try and get some glory. Yeah, the, the funny thing is, like, at first he says, like, yeah, just let him do that, like, he's gonna do it anyway— uh, you don't have to get involved. Oh, wait, no, you should actually just get involved. Yeah, go take over. Go fix this. Yeah. I think he, like, first says to, like, wait until, like, some of the mechs come back or something, or, like, get fixed up. And, and uh, The comment is it. that they can't recall them without sending more people out, so send enough yeah. people that you can supplant and bring yeah. them back. Right. Support. Mm-hmm. Uh, the solo ship plants down near the ruins of the city, and they pick up the final survivors, mostly military people who took shelter. Uh, one very telling exchange. Who's in charge of this ship? Nobody, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. The buff ladies realize Earth food is really similar to their own, while rations are given out. <laughs> Sorry, buff girls are easy. Got it. <laughs> buff girls are eedy. That's what happened here. Wow. Mm-hmm. Nailed it. Thanks. Uh, and the attack begins. So, Gijay leads his team to harangue the components of the Ideon, 
while Damido just launches all his men at the ship. Giche shows that he is pretty clever here because he comes up with the strategy, focus fire on the weakest ship. If we take that out of commission, they can't form the giant. This doesn't work, but he goes, okay, so it transformed. Focus fire on the eyes. That's probably the command center. Well, at this point, they also see that they, like, finally did some fucking damage to this robot. So now I start to care a little bit because you see, yeah, like, like, the um, the fucked up uh, propulsion foot, thing on yeah. the bottom of the foot. Yeah. Yeah, and he, like, falls over because of the fucked up foot when he tries to yeah, punch they, something. Yeah, they, they crippled the stabilizer so it can't keep its balance. And Got it's that robot falling out. on the ground. Yeah. Yeah, and it also, uh, and like, it gets shot in the uh, in the armpit. The armpit yeah. vent. Uh, this is where Domino goes, We are in so much shit for doing this that I am not ignoring the direct order to assist. Break off and join Gijay's squad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the strategy works. They aren't destroying the Ideon, but they're crippling it piece by piece. So the solo ship responds to this elsewhere and just activates, launching itself off towards the robot. Mm-hmm. When it arrives, the two combine and the antimatter engines fire off full thrusters. A huge swath of the planet is just flattened under the force. And then Ho-O takes off and we get a bunch of sparkles. Yep. I don't get it. it. There's a lot of sparkle. Okay. Don't Um, worry about it. This is a joke about Pokemon. That's why I don't get it. Okay. Pokemon is bad. Don't worry. Never been a fan. Uh, So uh, they leave like a massive crater on this planet with the power of those engines and they just rocket off into space. The last thing we see is not our cast, but Gijay still smart enough to be alive through this going. They have escaped and they have the high commander's daughter. Shit. Mm -hmm. So that is where we leave off for this first block. We have just gotten our cast into space, and they are on limited supplies in the furthest territory out from any of their civilization they could be. What do you all think so far? Uh, Episode one was cool, and then I didn't care about it at all until near the end of episode four when we established that there are like actual stakes a little bit that anything could possibly happen to the Ideon. It, it's not invincible, but it's ludicrous. Yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't, I know this is still like the early setup, but I feel like a lot of the thing, like the narrative shortcuts it's taking, like, oh, this thing is activating on its own. And then it has, you know, it just knows how to do all these things. And everyone goes, I don't know what's happening, but it's punching things. That's cool. Uh, Like, I, I consider that just writing shortcuts and sort of, you know, a bit of teething on the show. It's weird. I think the reason it comes off like that is because super robot stuff usually to this point, like, does not have, like, an ongoing actual, like, serialized narrative. Yeah. Which is why it's so weird. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm sort of giving it a pass and seeing what they end up doing with it. Uh, And it's there are just several beats that repeats like the, oh, these you know, confusing uh, Kerala for a regular human. And also these primitive other human aliens can't have this technology yet or what have you. Like that happens three or four times throughout these episodes. And it's a, it's a little tiring, but you know, I, it's still really early and it's still also from a different era. Also, that's like how military invasions work. Yeah. Oh, you, 
Oh, you mean ISIS can in fact resist us? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, it so far like all it's just also which, which characters are really likable here. I mean, I guess Kerala's fine. Cheryl's fine. Bess is kind of a dick, but he gets stuff done. Cosmo's a complete shit. All the kids suck. Deck is not the worst, but eh. he carries the bag. To be fair, he also squirrel. vanished after episode three. Yeah, he's the one who mentions uh, Cosmo's dad. By the yeah. way, we didn't mention that, but yeah, yeah, he's he's talking about it because he's worried. You think my parents are dead too? And that's when Cosmo no sells it and goes, "No, nah, yours are fine." <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's just a lot of like, you know, bypassing the rules of you know causality for now and just saying oh it's this mysterious robot is now has mysterious powers and now it has a mysterious ship and now it's going mysteriously into space how mysterious. it's gonna be that way the whole time if this is a super robot show by the way it's going to cover a little bit of ground like think of this as brain damaged battlestar galactica for an arc or so yeah yeah and we obviously didn't learn enough about the Buff Clan other than that they like blowing shit up. Yeah, we're going to start getting more interactions with them as they get back towards Buff controlled territory and interact with more than just two ships on the periphery. If these mm-hmm. are the complaints you have, by the way, you would like Pat Labor, Matt. Uh, people have been saying it's good. I've. It's on my uh, radar. <laughs> It's the mech show where that's about people that have to fill out all the paperwork about what happens after a mech fight. Oh, fun. So it's like Hot Fuzz, but for mecha. Uh, yeah, they're explicitly cops. Yeah. Perfect. And much Not like regular quite. cops, they pull a gun very early all the time. <laughs> but yeah, uh, next time we will be covering episodes five through eight and starting to hop through the galaxy. I hope you're looking forward to it. And mm-hmm. do we have any plugs we need to cover at the end? Uh, Pokemon is stop premium. Just started up again after it's been down for several months. Uh, watching JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. You should pay us yep. if you're not. Yep. It's true. We have extra content behind the paywall from this show as well as the other team. Yep. Uh, me. Google it. Yep. Uh, Lightning Strikes Thrice with, uh, well, three of us for last season, mm-hmm. two of us mm-hmm. for this season. Plus other people. It's been a while since there's been an episode of that. I wonder what's going on. (laughs) It's coming out today. (laughs) I'm like like halfway through listening to it. Just a final check. That's how I am on Rebuild 2. Yeah, the move has taken up my time. Yeah. Shit happens. Uh, Yeah, so Final (sighs) Fantasy 15 for the next little bit. Now we're going to play that weird game with Tesla and a luchador. Yup. Yeah, that one's going to be weird. And I'm coming back. Especially since it's we picked the third game in the series. Is it the third? I thought it was the second. It's the third. There's Kudoka, then there's Shadow Hearts, and oh, then there's Shadow okay. Hearts Covenant. Yeah, which is Shadow Hearts 2 in they're, Japan. Yeah. They're most they're mostly kind of standalone. There's mostly. like there's like some reference stuff that you won't get, but whatever. Yeah, I, I didn't realize Kudelka was uh in the series. Well, that's because nobody wants to play Kudelka. I've never even heard of it until you mentioned it. Um true. It's like a it's like a horror JRPG. The problem is, is that it's unbelievably grindy. Boo. Well, anyway, well, see you guys next time. We will see you around. Have a good one, folks. Peace.